tonight, listen, I'm just going to be honest. Tonight, I have not shared my testimony in a long time. I haven't shared my testimony. I was just talking to my wife, and I said, man, I don't, I don't even remember my testimony, it feels like. You know, which is crazy because, you know, there's power in our testimony. But tonight, I feel like if, if I was going to give a message to tonight's message, I would say let our yes be our yes tonight. Those who are watching, let your yes be a yes tonight. You know, I grew up in church. I just want to say this. I grew up in church. I was a part of the youth group. I was a part of, of the Royal Rangers. I was a part of all these Christian things. I rode the joy bus. I don't know if they have a joy bus in Ohio, but I rode the joy bus. And and in this, I'm going to tell you what, and in this life, in this time of, of seeing church, I got really disgusted by what church looked like. I mean, seeing, I'm going to be very transparent tonight, so I, I'm going to try to, I'm going to PG rate this, this thing. Sometimes my, my family says that I need to bring it down, but my testimony has a lot to do with gang violence and organized crime and um, you name it, we did it. But God, amen, but God. I lived this life of growing up in religion. My, my, my uncle was a pastor. My uncle was a pastor, and we knew how to do church really well. I mean, we, 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 we went Sunday morning. We did our Wednesday nights. We did everything the way we needed to be. I went to the summer youth camp, El Shaddai. I did everything that you, you would know to do. I did it as a, as, a, as a child and a youth growing up in the church. But one thing that I never saw was his power. I never got to see the power of God demonstrated. I remember one time as a youth, I, I was, uh, I, I mean, I was, I was a wild child, as, <laughs> as you can probably imagine, I was a wild child, but I remember one time I had my pastors at that time, they had to go into my room, and they began to tear down my posters off my wall. Because I had posters of my rock bands that I used to like. And everything had a spirit attached to it. Everything had a spirit attached to it. I'm being serious. Um, I can remember one time we were at camp and I had a Batman shirt. And they told me I had to burn my Batman shirt because it was a spirit of Batman. Everything had a spirit attached to it. So I, I grew up with this fear. Like this fear that everything was demonic. Everything had some kind of attachment. And I remember being so angry. I had my, the pastors came in and they began to rip off the posters off the walls. And, and, and I just, oh. You know, and all it did, was it made me turn away from the things of God. It really did. It made me just want to not have nothing to do with God. And I began to see, like, if this is the God that you want me to serve, I don't want nothing to do with it. Listen, some of my best arguments happened on the way to church. I would be in the car with my mom on the way to church 
going to praise the Lord, and my mom was having an argument with me. You know, God bless my mom, and I have nothing negative to say about my mom because back then, growing up, we did what we knew how to do. We raised our children, and just like us, we raised our children, and I made mistakes. But she did what she knew how to do. So there's, I'm not speaking negative about my mom at all. I honor my mom. But, you know, growing up, you know, she would say things to me on the way to church. And then we would get into church, and she's a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I'm like, how are you hallelujah when you just cursed me out? How am I supposed to follow your God? You see, and I saw the hypocrisy. I saw the, you do one thing and you say one thing, but you're doing another. I didn't see no real God. And because of that, I didn't want nothing to do with this God that my mother served or my father served. Because I didn't see no love. I didn't see no power. So I totally turned away from God. I left it. And that I didn't just turn away from God. I told the Lord, I said, I'm done. And you know, there's nothing that will separate you from the love of God. You know that. Nothing will separate you from the love of the Father. But when you choose to walk and operate out of rebellion, when you rebel and you turn from God, that is the only thing that the Bible says that removes you. You remove yourself from the covering of the Father because of rebellion. And because of that, I, I welcomed all the demonic things to come into my life. I literally, at that point, relinquished the keys that God had given me as a child, and I handed them over to the enemy. And I knew it. And I was okay with it. I didn't care. And I fell into this, this demonic, I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm, I didn't care. I was very, very violent. Violent was my nature. It wasn't my real nature. Because see, understanding who God is, I was identifying with the false identity of who the enemy wanted me to agree with. Never did God intend for me to, to walk in that because I'm a son. You're all sons and daughters here. But I agreed with the whisper of the enemy and I gave him the keys of my authority to the kingdom. I relinquished the keys. And therefore, because I relinquished the keys, that means it was not an illegal attack on me because I gave him permission. And I, I turned, I was very, very violent. I didn't have a problem hurting people. Hurting people was very, that was just my thing that I did. If I didn't beat you, I'd cut you. If I didn't cut you, I'd shoot you. I'm just being, I'm just being honest, okay? I'm not glorifying nothing here, but I want you to know because God did something amazing in my life. I got involved with organized crime. We began to move kilos and kilos of cocaine. I made a lot of money. 
pounds and trucks of weed and marijuana and you name it, we did it. And everything that comes and affiliates itself with that kind of behavior, we were involved in. We had soldiers, we had people that would do anything at a, at a drop of a dime. My wife at that time, my girlfriend Alice, we would attend parties and we would go places and she was escorted with men with AK-47s. They would walk her to wherever she was going to go. She had armed guards everywhere she went. Now I'm not glorifying that, but I want you to know that that this demonic assignment over my life was horrible. Every perversion and everything you can think of was attached to that. And the bad thing about this was I knew God. I knew the truth. I grew up in church. I went to church. I, I mean, I had seen some supernatural things. But I totally turned I turned away from that. And I I remember, you know, there was one night, and I'm going to kind of fast forward it because I don't want to spend too much time on this because I feel like there's something the Lord wants to do tonight. <clears throat> but there was one night in particular. I had just got done doing what we do with our, our, our merchandise. I'm just going to call it that you know, for sake of television. <laughs> and I had thousands of dollars all over the city of San Antonio. And I had a phone call from somebody who was, who was going to come and they were going to attack me, is what they said. And at that time, there was no fear. It was like, come on. And I remember standing outside one night. I was standing outside in front of an apartment complex. And I, I grabbed my gun because everywhere we in that time, I mean, we didn't leave anywhere without a pistol. It was, it, was, it was attached to my hip everywhere we went. And I remember putting down my pistol and, and, and I walked down and I'm unarmed and thousands of dollars in one pocket and maybe a quarter kilo of cocaine in the other pocket. And I'm standing there in this corner and all of a sudden, I'm just sitting there, and I, I asked a friend of mine to bring me a cup of water. And as he, he comes down and he brings me a cup of water, all of a sudden, I heard a loud noise. Boo! And as soon as I heard the noise, instantaneously, my body rocked. My body just rocked. And I felt the burning sensation hit my stomach. And I looked down. And when I looked up like this, there was three men standing with AK-47s and 9 millimeters. And as soon as I saw them, they began to unload on me. Over 200 and something rounds were shot at me. And I'm telling you what, this, this thing was like a movie. You know, this, this is my testimony. I'm just being honest. You know, I know it's a little graphic, but listen, this is my story. It may not be your story. It may not be your story, but we all have a story. And there's power in our testimony. We, oh, <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I look up, and I and, and I'm I'm like this, and I'm looking to the people, and as soon as I see them, they were no more than a block, half a block, standing on the corner, two AK-47s, and a guy had two nine millimeter pistols, and all of a sudden they just started blasting. 
and I just heard the, the fire. And I take off running, and I'm running down the block, and I can see the fire coming, and the streaks are hitting the, the thing, and I had nowhere to run. So I hide behind this cinder block, and as I'm hiding behind this block, I can see the bullets flying by me. <laughs> you know, as I'm telling this story, I feel the glory. <laughs> and I'm standing there, and I, I can feel, I mean, I, at this point, I know I'm dying. I can feel myself dying. I, had, I got shot by an AK-47 that came in my stomach, and it exploded out of my back. And for those who know bullets and guns, the AK-47 is a 7.6239 millimeter bullet. And it's considered to be the dirty bullet. Because what happens is, when this bullet hits you, it comes with a cloud of uh, gunpowder right behind the bullet that covers the wound. And it's made like that so when it would hit the person, the infection would kill you. So they had to cut the size of a grapefruit all around, remove on both sides for me. And I'm dying. I'm, I mean, listen, I'm dying. I'm on this hospital bed, and I'm sitting there. And I remember laying in there in this hospital bed because, see, I, had, I ran from God. I knew who God was. And I'm laying there, and all I can see are the hospital lights above me. I'm laying there, and I'm, I'm in and out of consciousness, and I'm, I can feel my body dying. And I cried out to the Lord. And you know what? A lot of us do this. A lot of people get it when they go to prison, or they get in trouble. God, I'll change. I promise I won't do this again. And I said that. I said, God, I'm not ready to die. I said, I'm not ready to die. And I remember slaying on this bed, and they began to wheel me down the hallway going into to emergency surgery. And they're wheeling me down this hallway, and I can feel the bumps of the tires, and it's like, doo-doo, doo-doo. And the whole time, all I can see are the lights. And I go into the emergency room, and I'm laying there in the hospital bed, and they're hooking me up. And all I can think is, man, I said, God, if, if you save me, I promise I'll change my way. I won't do the things that I did. I, I, please, I'm not ready. So I'm there. I go into the emergency room, and I'm finally, and all of a sudden, the lights just go down. <laughs> and then I wake up, which... I guess it might have been like a day later, I woke up in the hospital and I was in critical care and I had a nurse that was sitting next to my side. But the first thing that I thought was, I'm alive. I'm alive. And I remembered the promise that I told God. You know, and right after I remembered the promise that I told God, the enemy came and began to whisper in my ear. He says, you know, it was a Friday night when you got shot. And you said to God that you were going to change your way, right? I said, yeah, I did. I got to change. But you have a lot of money on the streets. 
So I began to have a conversation with God. This is a true story. I'm sitting there in the bed, and I'm saying, God, I know that I said I would change. And I will, God. I'm going to change. I'm going to make my... But I need to have some money to get a head start. (laughs) I said, you know, I have thousands of dollars on the street right now. I can get the monies, and I I can have time to find a job. I mean, that'll be a good idea, right, God? And somehow I convinced myself that God said it was okay. So here I am, fresh. I'm out of the hospital. I can't even move, man. I'm walking inch by inch like this. I have a bandage all the way around me. I have a hole in my back the size of a grapefruit. And you could stick your whole fist in my back. My wife back then was my girlfriend. She would have to stick. I mean, she would do all these things to clean me and help me and nurture me. Even then. And I remember getting out of my vehicle. I get in the vehicle. And I go to the place where I'm going to collect my money that day. So I get off the car. And I'm on the curb, and I'm start walking, and all of a sudden I hear a car, and it comes and it slams on its brakes right where I'm at, and I hear the tires go, and then I hear the doors open, and then four guys jump out of this vehicle. One has a knife, grabs me by the throat, and stabs me in the back, and here I am right now. Fresh out of the hospital, gunshot wound, and I'm getting stabbed in the back, and I got four guys around me. And the first thing that I could think was, oh my God, I did it again. I did it again. I could go into my stories and I could tell you things that would just blow your mind. But I'm not going to glorify the things that the enemy did in my life. I want to glorify the things that God did in my life. And I'm going to tell you, every one of you in this place has a testimony. Even you watching, it may not be like mine, but you have a testimony. And I really believe that even as I was telling with Alice that, you know, it's funny because before I came up here, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember. And I feel like that's a prophetic sign for us that we need to remember the things that God does in our life. The enemy will try to get you to forget who you are and what you've came out of and keep your mouth silent. But I'm going to tell you what, it's time for you to open your mouth and begin to be that lighthouse that God has called you to be. You have a story and you need to tell it. You need to tell your story. So, I fast forward, slowly and surely, I began to walk in the steps of the Lord, and I began to see my destiny and my purpose. It wasn't easy, but I'm going to tell you what, as long as you say yes, God will do the rest. He'll do the rest. We began to go to church and... We began to serve the Lord. 
we began to see God do amazing miracles in our lives. He was able, I was able to get out of everything that I was involved in with no repercussions. It was almost as if the Lord literally came and picked me out and removed me. And I never had to deal with anything that normally would be associated with something like that. I know that it was the Lord that did that. You know, the Lord is just so good. He really is. He's so awesome. And I, I remember us, even now as I fast forward a little bit, and we're, we're now we're, we're, we're serving the Lord, and we're seeing the Lord do amazing things in our life. And, and, and me and my wife are now, we're walking in the place of being in ministry. You see, God, if God will use a drive-by, gang-banging drug dealer, he'll use anybody. And the only difference is that we just said yes. You know what? People have this perception. People have a perception. And you're going to hear Rob's testimony this weekend. Rob has a phenomenal testimony. And I don't want to talk about his testimony because I want him to let it rip. But you're going to hear testimonies over this weekend what God did. And I don't know why God does what he does, but he does. I remember us being, serving the Lord now. And, you know, as you walk in this thing of ministry, how many of you know that there's times that you get hurt and you get wounded? Amen? Yeah. It's almost a given. It shouldn't be a given, but it is. In ministry, somebody will say something. Something will happen, and it's almost guaranteed that you'll get wounded sometime in your walk. And it's how we respond to those wounds and how we respond to that season. And I remember us being, me and my wife, and I'm going somewhere with this. We were in a season of, of, of building a ministry outside of our testimonies. Now we, we're, we're serving the Lord, and God's doing amazing things. We're helping build a church. It's a home church. We're seeing people come. People are starting to be, be impacted and transformed. But we left the place we were at. We were wounded and we were, we were, we were hurt and we were immature. We were walking in a season of immaturity in that season. And we just said, we don't want nothing to do with it. But, but, but we use this language. We're just going to love them. We just love them. We're praying for them. Come on, let's, let's be real. Come on, we do that sometimes. The only difference is the Lord has allowed us to see, and our eyes are open now. And I remember us in this time that we had already left this church, and now we're helping build another ministry. How many times do you know that, that the way you leave one season is going to how you enter into your next season? If you leave wounded, you're going to enter in your next season wounded. I'm in my office, and all of a sudden, I began to, I step into this vision. 
And this vision, I began to see. Now, man, mind you, this is in the 90s. I began to, in the early, early 2000 and something, I don't remember what it was, but I began to see cameras and I began to see media and I began to see all these different things flying by me. And, and it was like it was a, it was a, a, a movie was playing in my head. And then the Lord spoke to me and says, will you go? And I freaked out. And I remember going to my wife. My wife was, was in the kitchen that day. And I said, babe, I have to tell you something. She says, what? I said, you know, the Lord showed me something. And I, this is what I saw. And I, I told her the whole vision. But I said, but it was at the place where we were wounded. The whole vision wasn't even for us. It was for the place that we left because we were wounded and offended. And my wife says, are you sure? Are you sure? I said, <coughs> I said I'm positive. I know what I saw. And my wife says, are you sure? I said, I'm positive. And then my wife turns off the water. She looks at me very sincere. And she says, Okay, if the Lord says, then let's go. And I remember I, I left the room and I went into my home office and I picked up the phone and I called the pastor. And I began to talk to the pastor on the phone. I said, Pastor, listen, I just had an encounter with the Lord. And the Lord showed me all these things that he wants to do in your ministry and in your church. And I said, listen, that call was one of the hardest calls I ever had to do in my life. It was one of the hardest calls I had to do. Because, see, I was in a place of being wounded. I was in a place of being offended. And I had to lay myself down. And I had to walk in humility and say, let me lay myself down and let me do for you. That's a hard place. And I remember the pastor, he tells me, if God told you to do it, you come and do it, son. And I said, amen. And then at that time, we went and we began to do things for this ministry. And we began to launch a media, webcasting and web streaming and all the, none of this stuff was being done back then. It wasn't even happening. It wasn't even a, a scope yet. Live streaming, the company had just started. And I'm going, we're, we're doing this, and we began to see. And then all of a sudden, the nations started coming. We had the nations coming. Bob Jones was here, and, and Paul Keith Davis, and Bobby Connor, and, and the generals of the faith. They began to come. People were showing up all over the place to see what God was doing. You know, and in, the, in that time of me and my wife walking in humility and surrendering everything and laying ourselves down, we, we became youth pastors. And as we began to work with the youth, we had a group of kids between the ages of 12 and 17. And the Lord gave me this vision one day when we were in our youth class. And I saw radio. 
like a radio station for kids. It was real teens with real testimonies. And I remember this thing, and I, I told the kids, I said, man, I just feel like the Lord wants to do something with you guys, and you guys are the next generation, the new breed. See, the Lord was giving us a language. He was allowing us to see their purpose and their destiny. So we went and we asked the kids, I want you to pray for a name for this thing that we want to do. And I had a kid in there. He says, you know, I just keep hearing, like, radio Jesus. Air Jesus. Radio Air Jesus. This kid that said this was visiting. He wasn't even a part of our youth group. He comes in and he names the ministry. We began, we didn't have no money. We didn't have no computers. We didn't have no finances. We had nothing. Listen, we had nothing. When I say we had nothing, we had nothing. We sat down one day, we had a broken $5 microphone from Xbox, from the karaoke game, Rock Band. We sat down with these kids, Indian style, and I let them start talking. And they began to talk about teen suicide. And they began to raise up their sleeves and how they were cutting themselves and they were being self-abusive self to each other. And this thing went viral. Before we knew it, Bobby Connors and Heidi Baker and Steve Schultz, Bill Johnson, Bob Jones, the whole, you name it. They began to flock and to be a part of what God was doing through Radio Air Jesus. And I tell you all this because of this. Because I did not know the purpose and the destiny that I have when I was gangbanging and drug dealing and all that. That the Lord had, a, had something destined for me that we would now, to this day, reach over 132 nations through Radio Air Jesus. See, God knew. God knew. And I feel tonight, I want to talk to you guys about your yes. Because see, if I would not, if, if me and my wife had decided not to surrender and walk in humility, we would have never ever stepped into that opportunity to be with those kids. And in that moment is when that was the birthing of our ministry. Sometimes your birthing comes when you begin to serve others. Even when you're in a place of being offended and wounded. We had no idea what God was going to do. Many, many years later, the Lord begins to, come on up here, Alice. The Lord begins to call us forth. Jesus. I saw her over there with her little notes. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Oh, come on. Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. See, tonight, 
The Lord wants us to have our yes tonight. And I believe tonight's going to be a night of activation for those who are watching. And if you're watching, can you start telling us where you're watching from? Let us, not not only that, but start submitting your prayer requests. Because I feel like tonight's going to be a night of activation. Tonight's going to be a night of your yes. Your yes. Your yes tonight. And I just, I just, uh, I want to read some of the states that are coming in. Want to read that for me? We just want to welcome everybody who's logged on. We have people from Texas, Alabama, Alabama. Idaho, and we have some prayer requests that have been coming in, and so we get really excited to even uh, uh, be interactive with our online family out there and pray for them. Um, Stephen wanted some prayer for his back. He's in a lot of pain tonight. So, God, we just pray for Stephen, God, that right there where he's at, God, right there in the room where he's sitting, God, that your oils of heaven would come and fall on his back tonight, God, and all pain would leave his body immediately, God, and there would be no more pain, God. Yes, Lord. See, we're going to continue to do the prayer request, but I really feel like tonight's, I want us to pray tonight. You know, when we, when we, after the Lord launched us into doing our ministry with Radio Air Jesus, he asked us to do something that was one of the most difficult things that we've ever had to do. And that was for us to pick up everything that we knew and leave everything behind. He wanted us to pick up everything that we knew. And listen, we were at the point of our ministry where we felt that we could not go any higher because we were doing some amazing things God was doing and kids were being impacted, young adults were being impacted. And he says, I want you to pick up your family and I want you to move and leave everything behind. And one of the hardest things that we had to do in in this ministry was say yes to God. Saying yes to the Lord. Our yes was this. He said, will you go to Alabama? Will you pick up everything that you know and go to Alabama and leave everything you know behind? And we did. Listen, we have a whole, I don't want to get into the whole story of how this happened, but I'm going to tell you what, our yes got us to be right here where we're at right now in Ohio. I want us to, I want us to stand up. Can we all just stand up tonight? Jesus.
Thank you, Father. To the loving God and King. Though the music changes and the songs we sing, just thank you, Father. This or with this with this atmosphere, what we're gonna do is tonight, we're gonna pray for everybody tonight in the room. We're gonna pray for those. We got a whole lot of prayer requests that are coming in from those that are watching. Keep the prayer requests coming in. We're gonna pray for us, everybody in here. We're gonna be praying for those who are watching. But we're also gonna we wanna pray for everybody in the room tonight. We wanna lay hands on you tonight. We're gonna we're gonna just do an activation tonight of your yes. And I'm going to tell you, what, you know what your yes is this season. I, I believe that there's, there's calling and destiny and purpose that God has, has called you forth right now in this season. And it's time for you just to step in to your yes. It's time that we step into our yes.